Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary PSL. Please join our care and missions pastor, Matt, for the message, Holy Living. I titled the message, Holy Living. Now we're gonna be in Galatians, the fifth chapter. If you would now turn your Bibles to Galatians, the fifth chapter, I'm going to read something out of Romans, the 12th chapter, verses one and two. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, I wanna share that we have a responsibility as believers to live a holy life. We have an opportunity to do that by walking in the spirit. Now, you may say to me, uh, Pastor Matt, how, how do we walk in the spirit? Well, I'm gonna get into that when we get into the book of Galatians, but before, I, I would like to share with you that the book of Galatians was written about AD 49 by the apostle Paul and there was an issue going on with the Judaizers. They were converted, and then they started to say that you had to follow the law of Moses. And so Paul, through Galatians, is addressing this issue. And so we know it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And so holy living is a lifestyle that we're called to live. And so what we're gonna do here in a moment is we're gonna dig into the text but before we do, we're gonna pray and invite God into this message. Would you pray with me from your living rooms now? Father, we come to you now and, and we're grateful. Lord, as we think about Memorial Day and uh, we think about families that are grieving and um, missing their loved ones, we pray, God, that you would comfort them. That if they don't know who you are, Father, that they would come into a relationship with you, the great comforter. God, I pray also for this message. Lord, you know that I depend on you for holy living and I depend on you for tonight, for today, as we navigate through your word. And so God, I pray that you would be honored and glorified. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we're gonna pick it up together in verse 16 of Galatians, the fifth chapter. So follow along with me. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, there's a promise here. If we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Isn't that powerful? How do we walk in the spirit? Well, first and most importantly, we have to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Not by following the law of Moses, but by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And so, really simply, it's this way. Come into a relationship with Jesus. Acknowledge him. Confess your sins and become a believer. You can do that today. You know, I do wanna say 
that God is ready right now to come into a relationship with you. He's, he's ready to accept you, to graft you in. What are you waiting for? I wanna say that um, I was a hot mess. I, I rededicated my life to the Lord, but man, I came back to the Lord and his arms were wide open. His grace is truly, truly, truly amazing. And so next, we, we have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How do we do that? Well, we do that by inviting the Holy Spirit into all that we do. And I know that that changed my life. Inviting the Holy Spirit into my life changed my life. And I know that if you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, it can change your life too. And, and not only that, but when you invite the Holy Spirit into your daily lives, people will see Christ in you. People will see Christ in you through your lifestyle, through your actions, and through your words. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You know when you see somebody who's full of the Holy Spirit. You know when somebody is full of the Holy Spirit and the way in which they carry themselves. It's almost like this refreshing moment where somebody who just comes full of the Holy Spirit and you just sense God's presence in their lives. Some of the influencers in my life most certainly walk in the Spirit. You know it by the way in which they respond, their choices, and their behaviors. They live out what the scriptures instruct them to do, and they do it behind closed doors, and they do it in public. This should be our desire. Our desire should be to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to walk in step with the Holy Spirit and to live our lives committed to the Lord. This should be our desire, to walk in the Spirit. There is a benefit. There is a benefit when you and I walk in the Spirit. It is impossible, it is impossible to fulfill the lust of the flesh if we walk in the Spirit. I'm gonna say that again. It is impossible, impossible to fulfill the lust of the flesh if we walk in the spirit. So we must walk in the spirit in order to not fulfill the desires of our flesh. I have an illustration for you all. And so here inside this jar is water. And here I have some oil. And so I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna pour the oil into the water and if you notice, if you're able to see it, we're almost there. As I'm pouring the, water, uh, the oil into the water, the water molecules are more dense and so they stay on the bottom. The oil is not as dense and so it stays on the top. You kind of see that line? The oil and the water do not mix. The oil and the water do not mix. The same is true for you and I about being filled with the Holy Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. They do not mix. The Holy Spirit doesn't move inside of us so that we can continue to gratify our flesh. Remember the opening verses in Romans 12, one and two. 
a lifestyle of holy living transformed by the renewing of our minds. I understand personally, it is a process. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind is a process. But every day that we spend with the Lord, every time we include the Lord, we grow in our relationship with Jesus. And guess what? That causes us to grow. That causes our lives to change. Oil and water do not mix. Works of the flesh and being full of the Holy Spirit do not mix. With our current climate around the globe, I believe that there is a peace that believers can walk in. Our current climate around the, war, the world, there's, there's craziness happening. But if we are full of the Spirit, I believe that with the balance of wisdom and faith, it is a recipe for success as we navigate through things like COVID-19 or other disasters or other traumas in our lives. When we invite the Holy Spirit in, we can walk in peace. The Holy Spirit moves into our hearts so he can guide us and teach us more about Christ. You see, when Paul wrote this letter, there was a huge issue concerning the law and grace, as I mentioned in the beginning. And Paul is saying, in order to live a holy life, a righteous life, it solely depends on the filling of the Holy Spirit, not living under the law. Therefore, we must walk in the Spirit. Now, Memorial Day weekend, we know it's war-related, and I can promise you that it will be war with our flesh. We'll war within ourselves. We'll war within uh, the world, our desires. It's war. But like the oil and the water, they do not mix. We are at constant war with our old nature. We're at constant war with the world and the enemy. <clears throat> I have heard it said that if I do not keep the foot on the neck of the old me, that he will stand up. I do not want the old me to stand up. I am a new creation. I am a new creation in Christ. I do not have to be like I used to be. God has redeemed me, restored me, made me new. He's redeemed you. He's restored you. He's made you new. We do not have to live like the old way because the old order has passed away and all things are made new. We have that blessing when we walk in the spirit. We have the word of God to help us fight our desires. You see, Jesus modeled this. He was led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the enemy. And how did he respond? That's right, with scriptures. He responded each time with the sword of the Spirit. So here's my question. I want you to examine your own heart. How do you respond when your flesh, the world, or the enemy comes along your path? Do you respond like Jesus with scripture? If you have an opportunity, go back to Matthew 4 and read it because Jesus mapped 
how we should respond to temptation. And our response solely depends. Remember the message Paul said? It solely depends on being filled by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. You know, I know there is a major difference in my life when I'm walking in the Spirit and I'm dealing with life challenges because I respond correctly when I'm full of the Holy Spirit. You heard it said, halt, stop. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Now, I, I gotta admit, I'm a human, I have a lot to work on. I know sometimes when I'm hungry, hangry, angry, lonely, or tired, I need to stop. I need to halt, I need to pray. Remember, it's easy to get into that flesh and to get into the old nature and to respond the wrong way. But my challenge to us is that we would be self-aware enough, that we would be self-aware enough to get right with the Lord and to respond correctly. Now, now maybe you say, Pastor Matt, how is it that we respond correctly? How do we get this right? Well, one very strong way is found in the book of James, the fourth chapter, verse eight. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, what I love about this is that it tells me that I have to take action. It's not this for that. It's I have to take the initiative and action to get into God's presence. And one of my favorite things about this passage is because it's a reminder of God's constant availability to his children. Is that not amazing that we can access God? You know, I think about phone calls. If I, if I had to make a phone call, it rings once, it rings twice. Maybe you're like me and you don't let the phone ring, but there's instant access to the Lord. I don't have to send him an email and wait for him to respond. I don't have to wait in line so I can uh, talk to him about my issues. We have constant access to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Follow along in verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now, so basically what Paul is addressing here, he's, he's giving us the naughty list, the bad list, the works of the flesh list. And so first he comes out and talks about sexual sin. It's interesting that sexual sin had such an impact then is interesting because it still has an impact today. It's a global issue. The Greek word here, pornea, in the original text is where we do get our word porn from. Now, understand that it speaks of all things in sexual nature. We cannot justify different levels of pornea. We can't say, oh, it's just lust. It's not a big deal. 
looking inappropriate at someone, or it's just pornography, or it's just an affair. It's sexual sin, it's a work of the flesh, and it's wrong. Paul also lists religious sins, idolatry, worship of other gods, United States of America. I think about all that we have. We have a lot. And I've been places where they don't have much. It's interesting, relationally, these people that I've interacted with have a dependency on the Lord for salvation and for provision. Here we have so much. Our hearts, the Lord is interested in our hearts. We should have no other gods before him. Sorcery, if it's not of God, then what might it be? Demonic, perhaps? Now buckle your seatbelt because the Greek word pharmakia in the original text that's used here, as Pastor Mike has shared, is where we get our word pharmacy. Now, interesting, it's speaking about drugs, potions, and spells. There was an issue with hallucinogenics it's recorded back in the day. And so the Holy Spirit never led anybody ever to sorcery. And pharmakia in its original text, the Holy Spirit has never led anyone to the use of drugs, potions, or spells. Now I've heard it said, well, God made it so it must be okay. Well, he also made dirt and poison ivy. I don't recommend that anyone eats it, smokes it, or mix it in a drink. Now, I understand, don't get me wrong. There are medical purposes. I am not addressing things that are vital for your survival, but I am speakly directing, directly speaking to recreational and escape usage. Now, mind you, personally, many of you know that I battle with addictions. And those addictions stemmed from medication that was given to me after the war. You have to be careful. The Holy Spirit never led anyone to do those things. You have to be careful. Listen, it may be permissible, but is it beneficial? And then it moves on to a list of people's sins. Hatred, arguments, jealousies, Wrath, uncontrolled anger, selfish goals or selfish ambition, division, envious, in other words, uh, bitter uh, because of what someone has and we don't, murdering. Paul then lists social sins, drunkenness. Interesting, drunkenness does not mean falling over drunk. Drunkenness in the original text, is being impaired in any way by drinking is a sin. And that is what Paul is addressing here as a work of the flesh. And I'll say that one more time. Drunkenness is not just falling over drunk, but drunkenness is being impaired in any way by drinking. They moves on to orgies, the Greek word komos in the original text. It basically meant not only partying, but unrestrained partying. And these are a few examples that Paul has given us 
as works of the flesh. He's addressing issues then. It's interesting, they still exist today. These are the don'ts. The oil that does not mix with the water. I wanna read the second portion of verse 21. It says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, bad news for those who don't come into a relationship with Jesus. Those who deny Christ and practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we know this doesn't apply to believers. This applies to non-believers. You see, when an individual follows Christ, he seals us with his spirit until the day of redemption. So once he puts his spirit in us, the work begins. Now, interesting. If somebody professes with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, yet they still operate and live their lives and the works of the flesh, was the conversion ever genuine? You see, God wants our hearts and when we give him our hearts, he puts his spirit in us and the spirit begins this work called sanctification. And the change happens. But listen, as believers, we will, as Pastor Andrew mentioned, stumble and fall. We will give in to the desires of our flesh. I want you to think about King David and Bathsheba. He didn't do the right thing. He fulfilled the desires of the flesh. Peter denies Christ three times. Both of these men sinned greatly. But you know what? It wasn't to hurt God. It was a weakness within them. And they gave into the desires of their flesh. But you know what? I love about what they did when they faced their sins. They did not continue in their sins. Oil and water do not mix. They repented. And their repentance showed a genuine desire to honor God. You and I as believers, we should not be living in sin. We should own it and allow God to transform it. We're gonna pick it up in verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Man, when we walk in the Spirit, this is the fruit that can be produced in our lives. Fruit is not achieved by our works, but by our consistent fellowship with Jesus. Fruit is not achieved by our works, but by our consistent fellowship with Jesus. I want you to think about fruit. It's attractive, it's desirable. Somebody who's gentle, somebody who's loving, Somebody who's joyful or patient, I don't know about you, but those are the people I want in my life. You know, fruit nourishes. 
I love that Paul lists the works of the flesh. He's addressing the issue and he's letting us know how not to live and now how we can live by making our time with the Lord a priority by being filled with the Holy Spirit. The fruit is for every follower of Christ. And you know what? The number one fruit mentioned, the first one is love. And I believe that love helps the other eight. That you must have love in order to stem the other eight. And by the way, when you hear love, you think love in the sense of marital or parental. But the love here is not only for your spouse or for your children, for your family or your friends, but this love is also loving people who might not be easy to love. This love right here is also perhaps loving people that you may not like. It goes on to mention joy. Joy doesn't mean life won't be a challenge. The Greek word kara in the original text translated into joy speaks about joy found when your foundation is on God. For the follower of Christ, true joy doesn't come from what we have or what we enjoy, but who we belong to. Hey, right now, wherever you're at, I want you to, I want you to remember who you belong to and just say it. I am a child of God. Doesn't that bring joy? I am a child of God. Maybe you're having a, a, a watch party. Look to somebody right now and just let them know I am a child of God. Paul the Apostle in Acts 16, he's singing. He's singing with joy while in prison. Joy here doesn't necessarily mean that life won't have its challenges. But this joy is unspeakable and it's incredible. And we have access, constant, constant access to our Father. Wow. Peace, peace is a good fruit. Peace with God and people. Um, in Philippians 4, we read about the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. By the way, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is an incredible passage to combat worry, anxiety, fear, strife, hostility. You should commit Philippians 4, 6, and 7 to memory. I believe that it helps combat all of those things. When we walk in the spirit, you and I can walk in peace. We can have patience even when somebody is annoying. These things are real. Think about how patient God is with you. I have to thank God for his patience in my life. I think about how patient God was with me. I am humbled to be able to be speaking to you all right now. Thanks, Mom. Thanks to the people in my life who have a spiritual role. Thanks for your patience 
your love, your encouragement. The crown that's awaiting you in heaven is huge. And you know what? My favorite part about all those crowns is we're going to give them right back to the one who is worthy of them all. We're gonna give them back to Jesus. Don't forget to thank God for his patience in your life. Don't forget to thank God for all that he's done and don't forget to thank those people in your life that God works through. Goodness and kindness. In other words, being good or generous, um, being kind to one another. Faithfulness to serve God for the duration of our lives must be a work of the Spirit. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to be faithful. Uh, gentleness here, essentially being teachable, being gentle. We're all students of the word, right? And so we should invite trusted people into our lives that are gonna speak the truth in love. We shouldn't think of ourselves better than anyone else. We should be humble. Now, self-control. This is a big one. You know those moments where you wanna say something, but you don't? Or you think something, and then like we talked about, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you, you, you pray, you stop it. If we walk in the spirit, we will have assistance with self-control. Because walking in the spirit produces the fruit that displays holy living. Again, walking in the spirit produces the fruit that displays true holy living. Now, there's no law. It says, against such there's no law. In other words, there's no law that if you drive down the road and you get pulled over, that the law enforcement officer is going to tell you that you are being fined for having joy. You're not gonna stand before a judge one day and face criminal charges for having self-control or being patient. If anything, the world needs to see the fruit that we can display if we are full of the Holy Spirit. There's a guy in my life, I know he was um, driving his vehicle and he was rear-ended and his family was in the car. And uh, I was so encouraged by the story. Um, this individual gets out of his car and goes to the vehicle behind him. And the very first thing he encounters is the opportunity to say, are you okay? Complete self-control followed by ministering to the person who hit him in the back. I believe that man walks in the spirit, which is why that, that fruit produced self-control happened even though he was the one who was struck by another vehicle, in his vehicle. Could you imagine getting a ticket for having too much patience or joy? This world needs the love of Jesus. We're gonna finish up in our last three verses. <clears throat> Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Paul uses the word crucified here. He could have said death or killed, but he used crucified. Now, crucified reminds me of the brutal death that Jesus took for you and for me. We are called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. You know, death of the flesh, we wage war with the flesh, is a painful process. We're at war, like I said. What helps me is I imagine the cross. I close my eyes and I think about what Jesus did for me. I begin to think about that. I begin to think about his suffering. And you know what happens? It helps me walk in victory. It reminds me of the newness of life that he has given me. Because we can look to Jesus for strength and he will be our helper. Now, verse 24, one more time. There's an action step on our part. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, here it is, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucifying the flesh is something that we must do. And we can only do that, here it is, by walking in the spirit. You can read in your own time, John the 16th chapter, but Jesus says, I must go, the helper's gonna come. The helper is here to help. The war with our flesh will continue until, well, the Lord comes and gets us or he brings us home. But aren't you glad that God made a way through Jesus? So we walk in the spirit so we can deny the flesh and its evil desires. The spirit has given us life Now, we need to let him direct our steps. The Greek word stoichio in the original text means to walk in line with holy living. The text says we shouldn't be provoking one another. We should be encouraging one another. We shouldn't be envious or jealous of what someone else has or if they're doing better, we should celebrate what God is doing in their lives. So by way of review, here's what we learned today. You and I have two choices. We can fulfill the desires of the flesh or we can walk in the spirit in the newness of life that we've been given. In order to produce the fruit of the spirit, we have to be filled with the spirit, which means we have to make Jesus' time a priority. I don't know about you, but I really, 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 really want to live my life all for the Lord. And I have realized and continue to remind myself, in order to do that, I need the helper. I need the Holy Spirit. In order to produce the fruit that's so desirable, so attractive towards people, I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope that you've been encouraged in this message because holy, holy living is a choice. 
I think that you should choose to be filled. You and I both should be filled with the Holy Spirit because guess what happens when we're full of the Holy Spirit? Others see Christ in us. Think about the culture today, our current climate. You and I have the opportunity during COVID-19 to let our light shine before men. In order to do that, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. People are hurting and the helper is ready to heal. Constantly available, God. Constantly available. Let the Lord use you today. Let the Lord work through you. And speaking of Christ, have you made a decision to follow him? Maybe perhaps you're like me at a period in my life where I gave my life to Christ and I turned my back on Christ and I had all this works of the flesh and I thought, man, God, I've done so much. Will you take me back? And you know what? He was constantly available at that moment. And he accepted me just as I was. And he'll do the same for you today. Today can be that day. The Lord is ready to receive you. Remember, the same message Paul was pushing to the Galatians. It's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Go to calvarypsl.com. Click on Knowing Christ, uh, the box Knowing Christ and have a heart-to-heart -heart with the Creator. Give your life to Jesus today. Amen, and I love you all.